Hello and welcome to the debut episode of The Handoff with Harris and Hamilton. My name is Jeff Hamilton, football reporter with the Winnipeg Free Press. Of course, Winnipeg Blue Bombers running back Andrew Harris. Honestly, it's just an honor to be asked to be on a podcast with the fearless, nerveless Jeff Hamilton. And, uh, you know, we're just going to have fun with this and, uh, you know, just just talk uh, everything football, everything Winnipeg. And um, I'm looking forward to it. We are here to talk football. We're here to talk football. We're here to talk Winnipeg Blue Bombers. We're here to talk the CFL. We're here to talk about really anything that pops up. And, And I think, obviously, a great place to start will be what cannot be characterized any different than an absolute beatdown of the Montreal Alouettes. 56 to 10. I think it was the most points that you guys have scored since 2011. It was the, it was the biggest mar- margin of victory for, for years. It was just, it, it was a beatdown. So I'm going to ask you just, are you guys that good or is Montreal that bad? Well, I think first off, a, a bunch of us were talking about the point spread and, and you know how, how much, how big of a victory we had, and it was. I, I had to look back and, and really think had I, had I won a game with that that, that much of a, a difference before, and I mean it was it was a beatdown in a sense, but we also had a lot of guys get in the game and, and get experience and, and get some opportunities, and you know Rayshon Simon and I is catching a mate route on um, on Tommy Campbell, you know with, with Brian Bennett throwing the ball. I mean those those are two essentially rookie guys, you know, going against the one of the league's best and being successful and making a big explosive play. So, I mean, yes, it, it was it was a, a game where we were dominant, but it was also a game where a lot of guys got in and, and were able to contribute, which was uh, was nice to see. And, I mean, we started off the game in the beginning and talking about, let's do this for each other, for your brother. And um, I really felt that that trickled throughout through all three phases of the game, offense, defense, and special teams. And the younger guys really took a, really took an onus in, in making sure that, the, you know, they, they made an impact. As far as the actual score, and I, I'm not worried about any other team. I'm worried about what the Winnipeg Blue Bombers are going to bring every day. And I think that we, we just put it together, even through, you know, them, them coming and scoring. And I just I felt like, like again, all three phases really just put it together and put it on them for, for 60 minutes, which is nice to see. So simply put, you guys gave 110%. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Fearless and nervousness. I saw that as well. I saw that as well. So it's a, you know what? Let's just let's get in. There's two guys on Montreal, obviously that you, that you're familiar with and and somewhat familiar with. Jamal Westerman, obviously a guy who you've been a teammate of, was a leader of of the Bombers' defense for years. Uh, before he opted to go to 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 Montreal and and to, to to play with his brother among among other reasons, Enoch Mwamba, another guy who who did his his celebrity tour across across the league, came and visited Winnipeg. Uh, ultimately decided to go to Montreal. You know, he didn't say it was all about money. Why you'd want to go there? There was coaches, there was players that just didn't want to go there. It was seen as like a dead man's land, and I, and I felt like that's exactly what we saw. And I, I wouldn't expect you to say necessarily it was extra sweet because of that, but is there something to guys? choosing against your team and then you seeing them and be able to put the kind of the boots on them like you guys did well i mean in the case of enoch mamba i mean i i wasn't a big campaigner of him coming here i, I just I, I play against guys and i and i i see what kind of what, what they bring to to a defense what they bring to the table like and, and you can see you can feel their leadership qualities and and how they how they operate on the field and 
when we were talking about bringing him here, and I mean, he, he's a good player, and he's, you know, but uh, I just, I didn't feel like that was a good fit for us nece necessarily. So, I mean, when we didn't sign him or whatever happened, and he made it seem like uh, he was going in the other direction, however, however, however it went and however um, he made it seem, I wasn't overly upset about that, uh, and I was honestly looking forward to, to playing and playing against him. Uh, with Jamal, I mean, he, he's, he's an absolute baller. He's a stud. He's a guy that... Uh, you know, plays hard between the whistles and and does what he does after the whistle and we knew that was going to happen and that, that was going to that was going to go on and I think that you know he really really held back a little bit and a lot of guys were waiting for him to be a little more and I just think that the way we played in, in such an aggressive uh, style and, and, and such a dominant and such a dominant fashion that he really was 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 held back a little bit and and then on the de for the defense standpoint I think guys were licking the chops to, to go against Willie and. Um, you know, obviously understanding how he plays and, you know, likes to hold into the ball a little bit, so, a little bit too long sometimes. And, you know, uh, I think our defense teed off on him and, and our, you know, we're great in coverage. And, I mean, you know, having those sacks early often and we just kept putting on him. So, you know, you could tell that he wasn't really comfortable all game. What do you mean you're waiting for kind of Jamal Westerman to, to put it on? Well, because you just you just know that you know he he's at any given moment when he when he played with us it was almost given that he was going to take a 15 yard penalty at some point in the game you know it was a given right so uh, and you, you can see it even in practice and there was times where we were, you know we're, we're not wearing pads and he's you know trying to bull rush me or, or bull rush one of the linemen and, and you know the the, the hoggies the, the the five those five guys the core of our offense. We feed off those guys, and, and and if they don't they don't like something, and they're not, they're not happy with something, I mean, it really like filters throughout the team. So the whole offense, we're we're waiting, we're we're kind of we're feeling it out, but also we were one of the ones that as soon as something does happen, we're gonna nip in the butt right away and make sure that it doesn't happen again. So uh, he did kind of twist up Strebel a little bit after one of his runs, and he was holding his leg, and Streb got up and said something to him, and then like after that, it was just like it was game on, and we were we weren't, weren't letting anything happen to uh, to any of the guys, and making sure that he was away from all the ball carries or away from the nonsense every time. He was around. Chris Strebler, last week after the 33-30 the loss to Edmonton, uh, you know, there was obviously this feeling that, you know, you guys would have to tread water before Matt Nichols came in. And I think a lot of people were convinced, even though there was a loss, that, you know, this this 23-year-old kid straight out of the University of South Dakota, I guess instilled some confidence with you guys. You'd seen it throughout the week. You'd said how, how he commanded the, the huddle and that, you know, this is a guy who's, who's got the tool set to be successful. But I felt like it was, almost felt like it was a little bit of just talk. I mean, of course, you're going to put confidence in a guy, but it's certainly not an ideal situation to have a guy straight out of, straight out a college start. He was the first first guy to do it since Anthony Calvillo in 1994 at the Las Vegas Posse. So obviously it doesn't happen too often for a reason. But what we saw on Friday against the Montreal Alouettes, granted it was against a, a, a team that I don't think is going to win a lot of games this year, but to be able to go 22 for 28, 246 yards, throw another three touchdowns. I mean, he threatened you in your job a little bit. 10 carries, 98 yards, right. one touchdown. Why should fans be as happy as they are with this kid? Well, first of all, he needs to stop running the ball as much as he's doing because he's taken away exactly from my, my rushing totals. But honestly, no, it's uh, he, he's very, very multifaceted, and he brings another component to the quarterback position, and and one where he can take off, and he has that third that third element. You know, obviously, you can read defenses, you can make the big throw, and you know, but able to take off and 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 make guys miss an open field and pick up those t those tough first downs. I mean, it's it's I've always said this. It's it's. There's a certain dynamic when a quarterback can, can see that open field, and then the second the second dynamic to to be able to make a guy miss or or, or have the will and want to go you know put his head down and, and go get that first down and you know we saw it time and time again in uh, in that Montreal game and you know almost to a point where 
we got hit that one time. I was like, okay, time to get this guy out now. You know, it's 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 you know because he's just, he plays fearless. And I mean, it, maybe you you and him are kind of cut from the same cloth in that in that dynamic. You know, I agree it's, with it's that. Very very fearless. But uh, honestly, the guy plays a certain way and can't help but rally around it. And that's another component as well. I mean, he took an onus to to learn the playbook, and that's the biggest thing as a quarterback. You come in there, you're not fumbling on your words. You're confident. You're you're knowledgeable. You know where the guys are going to be. You know where your hots are your, your hots are going to be in, in certain pressures. And that ultimately, when you have veteran guys, that that's what that's what builds trust and build, builds character and builds builds that uh, builds that unity where. You know that like this guy is gonna be able to go out there and make plays for you, and, that, and that's that's not that's not even saying how what, what he brings to the table athletically, but yeah, he gets in that huddle, commands it, goes in, makes the plays he does, and uh, I, I, w- I was honestly thinking, looking at our schedule, I'm like, okay, well, not not too sure what this guy's gonna bring to the table. You know, we have uh, we have the Montreal, we got Hamilton, we got BC, who we're not really sure what's gonna happen uh, or how they're gonna be this year, and uh, you know, I thought, okay, maybe we can we can get a couple games in and win, but you know, after seeing the last two games and what he brings to the table, got full confidence that. You know, we're not really skipping a beat right now. We're, you know, we're kind of building on an already great organization and great room, and, and, and just adding more tools to, to Lapo's toolbox, and and having a guy like Chris Trevler and, and the way what he brings to the table. You know, it's funny because I think Matt Nichols was able to earn the respect from you guys from his ability to to drive, to be that physical presence, to to take that leadership role beyond just being that pocket quarterback. And I, I wonder, is is that really what sells it to guys? Is that what convinces you when when a quarterback is willing to put his body on the line? Is is you'd probably argue that you'd want your quarterback to slide more often than not because you want him to be healthy. Does it put a, a a different level of respect or a greater level of, of respect when you when you put your your body on the line for your teammates nobody nobody wants to be in a huddle with a guy no matter what the position is that they're being careful about how they're playing the game they're being cautious they're they're holding back i mean whether it's an old lineman and i play with old linemen that don't want to cut or don't want to pull or you know just they they they, they go against a guy like amando sewell and they just soften up or uh they go against a you know a good dn and they soften up or a receiver who doesn't want to block down field but you know there, there's so many things that you see in, in different positions especially offensively when you're in a huddle and you, and you know that there's a guy that's gonna it's gonna hold back or you know, not 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 fight for that extra inch. It definitely makes you feel a little bit uneasy about going on and winning a football game, especially when the game's online. And when you have that, we have that certain it fact, that moment where you know that no matter what's going on in the game, that he's going to go down and, and make that play for you, or he'll 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 put his head down and get that first down, or you know he'll hold that ball for that extra second and get that throw off. And, and take that hit. And there's lots of guys who won't do it. And there's a lot of great players in this league. There's a lot of Hall of Fame guys even to this day in, 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 in both in both leagues that didn't have that, but they were just talented. But it's those guys that had that it factor that they'll put their body on the line and, and you know, they'll do whatever, they, whatever it takes to win. And those are the guys that you'll, you'll hear about in forever about uh, how, how they played and how they played the game and how they had so much respect for their, from their teammates because, you know, they're willing to do anything to, to go get that W and, and go get the win. And uh, I definitely think Matt Nichols has that, and uh, and I definitely think that Chris Shevler has shown that he has that capability to do that. I mean, it's still early to, to, to call it. I mean, you know, he still could be hot to trot, and maybe you know, but you know, it, it's it, it takes it takes a body of work and, and a lot of games to to put together to, to make you feel like can this guy do this consistently, and can you do it to, to put you in position, positions to win games? Well, that will certainly be the question. I mean, you need consistency out of your quarterback. I, Enoch Mwamba was a bit of a late hit. Uh, and Chris Strebler was kind of marching through the pile, looking for for something, saying a few things. What did what did you see in that? And did you see the fire from him? What kind of chirper is he? Honestly, I his helmet was taken off, and just how he popped up, and just the look in his eye, and how he was walking around. 
honestly, I, I felt like I was looking at myself in a certain way, and like you know, it was. Uh, and and when I say that, it, it's like when someone does that to me, and, and they're and they're trying to do some dirty or whatever, and I, that fires me up, and that gets me going. And and again, some people curl up in a low ball and they, they curl up. If someone punches me in the face, I'm punching back. I I'll, swing, I'll, I'll, I'll swing first and ask questions later. And, and that's that's the kind of that's the kind of fight that I saw in, in in Chris when I saw that. And and honestly, it fires up your your whole whole sideline. It fires up your offense. But then you know. You got to think. That's our starting quarterback, you know. So it's like, okay, we, we got to get this guy settled down. We got to, you know. So that's that's it's a double-edged sword. You know, you want to you want to have that, but you also want you know you want to be smart about it and say, okay, we got to keep this guy healthy. We got to make sure that we're we're protecting him. And I think that's that's part of the learning curve and, and understanding that you know we're up, we're winning the game. It's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a long shot for them to come back. But uh, you know, pick pick your spots, pick your battles, and uh, you know, let's go 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 get out of this game healthy. Obviously, it's settled in nicely as a pro, and and like you said, I think you know it's obviously a small sample size, but we'll have to wait and figure that out. But as far as people, you know, potentially stealing other people's job, maybe Strevler should be looking over his shoulder at Darvin Adams. And maybe Darvin Adams should be looking his sh over his shoulder at, at Andrew Harris, who was on the receiving end of that crazy trick play, which I think has been around for years. Because I mean, just as a just as a caveat to that, anyone who watched the game, obviously it was a a, a throw from Strivler to Darvin Adams, who then cocked the ball to you, found you in the end zone for the touchdown. And, and we had seen that play at practice. We're not allowed to report those plays, obviously, um, but we see trick plays all the time. That was a crazy play. Tell me what went into that play and 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 what everything that needs. To to go go right for it to, to be pulled off well I think first off I mean everyone looks at them as as trick plays and I don't really think that we see them as trick plays I think we we see them as as a regular play that we run in our offense and we we continue to do them at practice and we continue to run them against our defense and you know so when they're called it's like second nature that that play has been called in training camp probably three or four times and we're successful in it almost every time against our own defense and when it when it gets called a trick play usually to me when it gets called on offense everyone starts like freaking out i'm like oh yeah i gotta do this do that you know but when when uh, when we have we have a handful of these plays and, and and things that we do in our offense that no one's getting giddy when it gets called come on well they're getting we're, yeah, we're excited about it but it's not like everyone's scrambling because we ran it so many times it's second nature you know we know what everyone needs to do and we're excited when it gets done and when it gets called, but it also you never know when it's getting called, and it's not like a situational thing. So when 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 Lapo has the confidence to call it in the first quarter of a game, or you know we're up three points, I mean it, it's 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 amazing to know that it can get called at any point in time, or there's a like again a handful of these plays that can that can get called at any point in time. But the fact is, there's no scramble, there's no. There's no worry. There's no, um, you know, no one, no one's, no one's. It, people are excited, but we're not freaking out about the moment. I mean, I, and I, I've been, not even you. You're the one who's gonna get the ball. Honestly, I was like, yeah, I, I know my responsibility. I'm like, if Darwin's gonna give me the ball, Darwin's gonna give me the ball. We have, we have other things off of that play as well. So yeah, it's 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 exciting. It's it's great for the game. It's it's a different wrinkle, but. Again, we don't we don't really call it a trick play per se, but it's just it's just one of our, one of our uh, tools in the toolbox. I mean, and again, again, we we got a handful of these plays that we could constantly run, and when they get called, it's it's just second nature. Okay, so Strebler gets the ball, he tosses it to Darvin Adams. Now you have Andrew Harris deep in the field. You don't really see you on a ton of of those plays. Are you? You were somewhat wide open there. So what? What? What is the? You don't like to call it trickery, but there needs to be some kind of element of trickery for you to be as wide open as you were. What do you need to be doing on your part to make sure that, besides catching the ball in the end zone, what do you need to be doing to make sure that that plays successful? Okay. Well, there's there's a bunch of components. First of all, we need to uh, make sure that Strebler is in front of of Darvin, so he throws it to it's a lateral, right? So Strev steps up, Darvin steps back, throws his throws to Darv. Darv has to now read 
if I'm open. So now I have to maneuver between the line because I go right to the A gap or B gap on the on the weak side, and uh, they actually ran a stunt. So I actually got cut up a little bit, right? So it's almost it almost worked out better because if you're too fast, the safety will see you or or linebacker will see you and, and just and cover you, right? So the safety doesn't come down, a linebacker covers you, then we have another play off of that. So there's that 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 play could be really it's a three-headed monster. There's, there's a bunch of different things that can happen in that. Obviously, what happened was was the first and the and the way we wanted to get it done because it's, it's usually turns into a, a touchdown. But having me go through the line and I I'm kind of pacing myself, running through that line, disguising myself, and then Darv now has to throw a dime and and he's not a guy who who's throwing the ball a lot and you know he has an arm but it's it's not it's not a, it's not something he does to not not what he gets paid to do so. He throws the ball up, and it was actually he threw it a little short, and they almost they almost caught up to it. But uh, I told him I told him just to throw it, let it go, and he's like, I'm making I'm just making sure it gets to you. So he got it to me. It just just fell in perfectly over the two guys after they they recoiled and, and came back off of it, and it all worked out, and it was beautiful. What is that feeling when you complete something you've been practicing for years, and it and has the element of difficulty that it does? It's exciting. I mean, any any type any type of different type of play where a receiver's throwing to uh, a running back for a 25 or whatever yard touchdown it was, but uh, it's exciting. It's uh, it's it's great to be part of, and I think the biggest thing is just having having an offensive coordinator that has the has the cojones to call that and have the, has the cojones to, to take time out of practice to run those things like they're every everyday plays and it, it just comes down to a, to a science where you, you do something so much that it just feels like second nature and you get into the game and you know you're excited about it but it's not it's not like it's uh you're not getting overly overly giddy about it where you're screwing up or, or guys have no responsibility it's just like again it's another play in our in our in our toolbox and you know, go out and, and, and handle your responsibility you know we have scenarios where if something doesn't work out you know we have options for for other things so it's it's still a successful play but uh I mean, there's, there's definitely a lot of components to it, and I mean, ultimately, it just comes down to Lapo uh, having the confidence in us to, to getting it done and and uh, going and executing it. Lapo having those size large cojones as well, as you mentioned. Last one on the game. By the end of the first half, the beatdown uh, is has already has already kind of happened. Obviously, you have to play the last two quarters. It's the third quarter. You're up 27 points. You left briefly in week one with what looked like a lower body injury there. And I wondered to myself, what's this guy doing in in the game right now? I mean, and and I understand there's still plenty of game left. And 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 it's it, I think it's a I think it's a fair question to be asked. But I also think there's a fair defense to it as well. So, what is your take on on being in the game that late up that ma- that many points i mean ultimately you're you're just out there competing and battling with your brothers and um you're not really looking at the score after after i, I got i got hit and i was i was out and i was kind of running around i felt good enough to go back in i was ready to go back in and looked up and we're like we're up by 30 right now it's uh mid third quarter i'm like i was like is there i mean we're up by 30 i'm like i'm like just get get the other guy get the other guys in and I mean, ultimately, that's their decision. If they want to keep me in. That's fine. I'm totally with it. And again, if I, if I don't if I don't get hit or hurt or you know go down, I'm all, I'll probably not thinking about it as much. But it takes you it takes a second to like get out of the game for a second when you realize, okay, all right, and you're like, oh wow, we're up 30 points. All right, you know, like. But when you're in the game and you're in the moment, here the moment, you're not thinking about, oh, I should go out right now because we're up by 30, 40 points. You're just out there. You want to keep making plays. You want to keep contributing to the the excitement, and and that's ultimately it. Like you know, everyone's making plays. Guys making great catches. You know, we're we're running trick plays, like, as you guys call them. We're uh, we're dominating on the ground. We're we're just doing our thing, and 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 you want to be a part of that. You want to you want to be in the field. You want to be part of that excitement. No one's saying, oh yeah, we're up, and I'm I already have uh, whatever 200 yards rushing or. 400 yards passing. No one's thinking. Oh yeah, I got my 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 fantasy points for my for my guys. You know, no one's thinking about that stuff. I don't think, and I'm not definitely not thinking about that. But for me, I just want to. Damn, the truth hurts. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we're not thinking about you guys uh, while we're we're out there. But uh, 
honestly, it's it's just it's just a it's a feel of just, just contributing um, with the guys. But it's all honestly in hindsight, I, I was so excited to see Keenan get out there. The first play that he gets, and we run a play where you know he has that big catch, and that's a play that I love running. And you know, I, I even joked in the sideline and said, "Oh man, like maybe I'll go back in for this play and just steal it from the kid." But uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where you, your your success is is great as a team, and you're doing it for each other, for your brothers. But it's also nice to see like see the other guys have opportunities and make plays, and it's nice to see that you have depth in your team that you can you can you can come out. You know, you see your your, your backup breaking tackles and, and making plays as well. So I mean, it's it's nice to know that we have depth and we have guys that are going to come in and there's not they're not scrambling and, and messing up the plays or putting on a bad product in the field after after the after the first string guys are out uh, that we're still we're still rolling and we're still putting up points. It's it's definitely nice to see and it's uh it's encouraging for sure. Also set up for a badass exit. We didn't see it live, but they, they showed it on the replay on. TV, your lids off. I imagine you're talking to the other side of the line of scrimmage. I'm I, what I'm assuming. I'm, I'm a pretty good lip reader. I felt like you were just exchanging your favorite recipes. Was that was what was going on? Are you talking about when I was walking off the field? Yeah. <laughs> you want the real? You want the real? What I was saying? To him? Well, hey, this is the handoff yeah. podcast. Okay, we only do real. So yes, I'd like the real. I called him, uh, and I told him I was gonna be back. Don't worry, I know his number. Um, I thought that is that the hit was dirty. I also called him a little. Uh, I'm not gonna say that part, but, but uh, yeah, he. I, I I told him how I felt about him. The worst part about this is always when when guys clearly give you a dirty hit and then they come to the games like, oh my bad, bro, it's just whatever. But like as before, after he hit me, he was yelling and talking about how he took me out and how he did it. And I'm like, man, you you did it intentionally. There was no there was no wrap up portion of trying to tackle me. You literally saw me in a vulnerable spot. And put your helmet on my on my knee, and now you're telling me, oh, it's, it's part of the game, man. Uh, I was just trying to make a play, and I just can't stand that, man. To his defense, I mean, wrap you up. Like, I mean, are you easy to get wrapped up? That's how you. That's how you should tackle me is wrap me up. You shouldn't try to just torpedo. That's that, that's the most easiest way for me to break a tackle is if you just tor- torpedo me because you're not having any component other than just the impact. But I don't know. It's obviously I understand that I have a target and people are trying to try to hit me and, and lay legs on me, but. There needs to be uh, the safety and respect factor in, in where, you know, you respect the game, respect the players. Because, and honestly, I, I keep doing the same thing as an offensive guy and, and being dirty and, and doing dirty things to them as well, whether I'm cut blocking them or when they run at me, I could go dive at their legs as well while they're, while they're flying at me, you know. So it's unfortunate, and, and in the moment, I, I was definitely hot. I was wondering, I was worried, actually, that, you know, they might have they caught some of the audio or, or saw some of the gestures that I was doing while I was walking off the field. But I, I'm, just, I'm just happy that uh, I was able to walk off and uh, and feel the way I do today and, and and ultimately get the win. How are you feeling today? I feel great. I feel great. I mean, uh, the best part is that I get the opportunity to hang with a man who has no fear. Let's talk about this. Like, where does this come from? Let's talk about you for a second. Okay? Let's talk about me for a second. So, yes. So, you, so high school, you mentioned in high school you had no fear, no nervousness. You're not scared of snakes. You're not scared of spiders. You're not scared of, like... Uh, heights. I will address it. High school, it was my line. It was, it was. I've never felt fear before. You should just get people excited. Of course, Nothing. I think the best thing I could say is, that at worst, I've felt concern. Okay. Are you, concern. Are you, are you, concern are you, are you, is. Are you, scared, I, are you scared of child support? 
uh, as a work podcast. That's something every every man should be scared of, man. Especially when you're talking about your your your, your rap report about. My, yeah. yeah. Like, no, it's just I, I'm not saying I'm just saying I've never like I think the closest time I've ever come to fear was last season. Actually, ironically, it had to do with you guys when you erased a 12 point lead in 90 seconds, and I had almost pretty much filed my story. I was ready to just rip the Blue Bombers, and then it was just an incredible comeback. And then I had to change my story, and I was afraid for my job. I was just thinking a, a, an easier way would just to sign my resignation and put it in because, but that's probably as close as it gets. I mean, I went to Silver Heights, you went to Oak Park. You never really saw anyone scared of Silver Heights, did you? Anyone scared of Silver Heights or everyone's scared in Silver Heights? I feel like we're getting into my fear now. People are now exiting the podcast. Okay, now I want to go to a, is a very polarizing player in the league. Uh, personally, I think Duran Carter is good for the CFL. Uh, he's obviously, you know, I don't think there's much of a debate when it comes to, to talent because I think he is a talented guy. You know, there is obviously a level of fun, we'll call it, that, that he likes to, to, to take in this league. And, and But I think that he gets people talking. I think he gets people caring about the CFL. And any attention, whatever it may be, is a positive. But let's go Let's go first to, to do you feel that way? I mean, you obviously have seen him on social media. You've seen, the, you know, the way he acts. Where, where, what, do you, what do you make of Deron Carter? I just feel like he's very unfiltered. Um, I mean, there's, there's no question he's a, a talented player, but there's a lot of a lot of the things he says and does I don't personally agree with. Um, not something that I would want to portray myself or have a, a guy on my team portray themselves in the way that he does. But yeah, no no question, he, he's definitely talented. He's definitely um, he's definitely got a lot a lot of skills and 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 you know definitely a, a game changer, game breaker. But, I, but I, I just think he needs to tone it down a little bit with with how he how he acts on social media and how he acts in the media and, and how he you know, carries himself. But that's that's just me as a professional athlete and trying to be a role model. And I, I don't I don't think that he's he's a, he's a good role model for, for a lot of people. Okay, so here I'm glad you brought that up because I think role model is personally if I if I was a professional athlete, if, I feel like I would embrace that role model position. But I, I think that's just more of a, a personal opinion because I feel like I would have a platform, I'd have an opportunity to kind of come across as uh, whether it be to kids or whomever, you know what I mean? Just to, to be seen as, as a good guy to me is so much more important than maybe being seen as someone who's a goof or, or and I'm not saying Duran Carter is necessarily like that. I think there is an argument that possibly be made for that, but I, I don't think that that's not what I'm saying. I just mean, do you think professional athletes are required to be a role model? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, I think you you need to you need to be yourself and 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 have that certain you know portray your character and, and you know be yourself, but. You're still in the public guy, so I mean, that, that means you just you hold yourself to a to a certain accountability and a certain standard, and uh, I mean, ha- have a bit of a filter of, of what you what you show and how you are. I mean, yeah, everyone has their personal lives and things, but I think that pe- people have gotten a little bit too careless in how they how they speak and how they how they talk to other other people and and how they how they are on, on social media, and, and that, that's that's really what it boils down to is a lot of the social media stuff. If I'm if I'm on my timeline and I'm seeing other guys talking about things that they shouldn't be talking about and that's that's ultimately not good for the image of yourself image for your team and ultimately you're putting yourself on an island and a pedestal above your teammates i mean uh, if, if, if i'm if i'm gonna, if i'm gonna go on, on online and start talking about myself or my game or or it's all about me that's not right i mean there, there's 12 other guys in, in my huddle on my offense that contribute to my success and what, what happens on the field and when you just start talking about me, I, this, and, and that, 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 that image, again, if I, if I had a guy on my team like that, I, I would not want to play with a guy like that. I would not want to be around. I wouldn't want to have a Jerron Carter on my, t- on my team. 
having said that, we have guys that have attitudes and have personalities, and, and you know, but at the end of the day, it's it's not about them, it's about the team, you know, where I feel there's a lot of guys that, uh, and him especially, where it's just always about him and, and what he's saying, what he's doing, and, and ultimately, I just, uh, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bode well with me as a teammate. You know, it's funny. I, I do, I do appreciate the trolling because I, I mean, social media to me, and particularly Twitter, has just become this, this opportunity for. It's become more of a, a vitriol thing. Everyone needs everything that people maybe used to say on their couches, in some cases to themselves, is now broadcast for everyone and directly at those people. So there's an element of me that appreciates the fact that he's that he he kind of he gives it back. You know, at least he's telling these people. You know, he has no fear in telling these people or, or concern about that. But that being said, let's move to the field. I think the biggest thing about um, Drawn Carter is obviously, you know, his skill set. He's, he's one of the he's one of the best wide receivers in in, in the CFL, no doubt. He's got a he's got a level of athleticism that you know, like yourself, uh, you know, is not is not really matched by many guys. But and and it's for that very reason that I question. Why is Deron Carter playing defense? And and I'd love your take on it too, because to me it's 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 you know I mean hindsight's twenty twenty of course, but when you lose a game you know like like Saskatchewan Saskatchewan did against against the Ottawa Red Blacks to the tune of I believe forty seventeen, when you're only and, and Deron Carter of course returning a touchdown his second pick pick six again an incredible stat but when you're only putting up 10 points with your offense and your best receiver is playing on defense it just it just to me Chris Jones just looks he looks kind of he looks kind of dumb uh, I mean <laughs> I'm not gonna say the dumb word but it, it's dumb is such a bad word <laughs> I'm like <laughs> It's definitely questionable. I mean, like, that's, again, he, he's definitely, you know, probably one of the top five, or definitely one of the top five receivers in the league as far as um, playmaking ability and explosiveness and um, just overall talent. And for you to, to take your, 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 your best receiver and in a receiving core that's, you know, they're, they're, they're solid, but they're not overly exceptional. You look, at, you look at how many guys that Chris Jones brings in for training camps and you hear all the rumors of how many guys that they bring in and out throughout the season and all the things that they do. You need to tell me they can't find another DB, another guy that can play that position, and then that, that you know going to put a put a receiver that's raw, like a raw receiver that doesn't like. Do you think that like there's a, it's it's it almost it almost it's disrespectful to the other DBs on that team that are, are on that team that have dedicated their lives to go to college and work that craft at backpedaling, making breaks, and putting a receiver in there that's that that's just so raw and it just goes in there. And yes, yeah, you got to pick six, but. To me, I'd be so disrespected as a, as a player on that team, a DB on that team, being like, this this is this is our best receiver, and they're putting a guy, and he wears 89 at DB, while I've been working my butt off to try to get here, where I, was, I maybe got drafted in the NFL, or played in the NFL, or played in a big school in NCAA, or played played in Canada, where it was, and and they got a receiver playing a position that I could potentially be on. Not only does it, does it take away from their offense, and and their, I just think as a team as a whole, it's just it sends mixed messages for sure. No one's gonna say on that team what you just said and I, I agree with you 110% but from somebody who's been in this league who's been in the locker room is it just not obvious is it just not inevitable that one guy or or more is in that locker room thinking are you kidding me I mean I'm the second guy on the depth chart and now all of a sudden a receiver is taking my position yeah it's it's that'd be like if uh you know when I was a 
second or third string running back and they put in uh, put a safety at running back before me like I, I'd be like, what am I doing here why, why am I putting all this time in the meeting rooms and, and why did you bring me here if you're just gonna put someone else that doesn't even play that position you know and I get it I get if there's a big drop-off but I just don't see how that there can be such a big drop-off from all the guys that Chris Jones recruits and brings in and you hear about all the things that, that go on over there that that there's such drop-off and, and I mean I feel like I feel like it's kind of Saskatchewan's fault I feel like they've let him be this guy and it's about him and it's not really about the, the Rough Riders. It's about Deron Carter. It's it's more of a Deron Carter show than it is the Saskatchewan Rough Riders as a team. You know, you, you see how hype up they get about, you know, they lose a game and they're still so excited about the fact that he got a pick six. I'm like, was that was that exciting? That Yeah, that was a great play, but at the end of the day, your offense didn't look great. You guys didn't produce and, and you guys weren't productive and end up and end up being in a, in a losing losing match and and that's that's a highlight for sure but again there there are many dbs on that team that are probably scratching their heads there's receivers that are like what, what what's going on now like I, i'm getting an opportunity now because our best receiver is going to play db like that just so many mixed messages on so many different levels definitely something that i would be very awkward in 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 being in that locker room and, and being part of that team you know, we should stop talking about Jerron because I've seen his chirps before, and he'll want a piece. He'll want a piece of this podcast. He oh, wants man. some of the money. He Bring wants... it on, man. Bring it on, Jerron. No, he'll, 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 he'll want. want a piece of it. Yeah. <laughs> he'll want some of the profits. He yeah, says, you know, he's making money for us. He's making money for us. The profits, because <laughs> we're retiring on this, obviously. Oh, so, so how much, how much are we getting paid to this again? <laughs> like, I, I think it's somewhere between one and two million dollars. I, I, it's, it's a negotiation thing right now. It's a, it is what it is. So, just the fact that we spend time talking about him, I think, is, 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 is a, is a credit to him, absolutely. So. We'll move on, but from one, you know, controversial topic or player to another, what do you make of all this Johnny football mania? It just seems to me like no matter what we're doing, you know, whether it's it's counting his reps in in, in training camp and practice, uh, you know, waiting for him to come into the game, and, th- and this is when he actually signed the contract. I mean, this has been a saga that's gone on for a year. And finally, you know, obviously with his, his, uh, his history, whether it be partying and drug abuse and addiction and, and, and obviously mental health issues, which is, which is a serious topic, and then there's the domestic abuse things. I mean, this guy was not to mention a stellar collegiate football career, so this guy is a bit of everything. I mean, he's famous for, for being famous. And, and, I mean, you're a guy who's, who's Canadian, who, who's, who's dedicated their life to this, this league and, and obviously loves and, and, and eats and breathes the, the, the CFL. What is your take on this guy coming in, a backup, and you know, a backup in, in Hamilton, and, and just kind of stealing the spotlight in every which way. And, and I will preface it with this: I think it is the media's fault. I think the media puts a lot of attention on this guy. I think TSN has made this guy kind of their 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 poster child for this league, fairly or not. He is a news story, but as from a player's perspective, what is your what is your take on on uh, on Johnny Football and the attention he's been getting? Well, you nail in the head. It's absolutely all you guys' fault, you media out there. I mean. Uh I honestly, you're I, trying to scare me, man. You yeah. already know I'm. I'm I've never <laughs> felt fear. So. <laughs> but on, honestly, man, it's 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 it was quite sickening to me, honestly. Though when I when I first and it still is, man. Like counting his practice stats. I mean, every time you go on Twitter, it's Menzel, this Menzel. The guy has not played a snap in the CFL yet. He has not taken a hit from a starting defense. He has not had to read. Um, you know, a, a starting defense, and we're hyping these people up that haven't played a snap yet, and, and we do it all the time, and it, it happens. All, it still happens. You know, we're we're talking about people that have not played yet, or have not done anything yet, or have. It's 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 all speculation of what, what they might do and, and what, what what they're coming from. But I mean, I think that we spend so much time about worrying about the ifs and whats and about all this, all the things that we're not we're we're, we're taking away from the guys who have paid their dues and 
the guys who do special things in the offseason and, and in the communities and 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 the guys who've helped mold this great league. I mean, we're we're talking about other people that are you know potentially toxic to to uh, and to, to bring to bring negativity. And, and are coming in with negativity. Yes, he's got he's got a lot of uh, a big rap sheet, whether it be positive, negative. And yes, I know. I honestly, I feel bad for Jeremy Jeremy because that's a guy that I've seen come in, pay his dues. And that's what I'm talking about. Pay my pay your dues. He's paid his dues. He's he's put in a lot of work. He's put in a lot of time. And now this guy come in to threaten his job because he's Johnny Football. He has he has his rap sheet. And what what has he done lately? Has he has he had a has he had a successful professional career? Has he had a successful two games two game spread of where he's 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 won games. He's uh, picked the defenses apart. He's made big plays. He hasn't. He hasn't done it for you. He's he's made mistakes. He's made whatever. And I guess yes. Give again. Give him a second chance. But again, we're talking about a guy, Jeremiah Soli, who's turned around a team last year. Is, is beating is beating the Edmontons and and in fashion, and we're still talking about, oh, when when's when's Johnny Manziel gonna get in there? It's 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 disrespectful to to Masoli. It's disrespectful to all the quarterbacks. It's disrespectful to the people, to a guy like Mike Riley to for him to to me hear that Johnny Manziel is demanding four hundred thousand dollars or starting quarterback money. A guy like Travis Lula, a guy, any any of these guys who have paid their dues and and gone through injuries and gone through practice rosters and gone through the the years where they don't make any money. It's disrespectful to all those guys, and and for for the for the for the seatbelt to highlight that and, and comment on it, and for people to be like, oh yeah, he deserves it. That's just it's it's the biggest disrespect. I'm, I get fired up about this because I know hard guys work to get in this to this league, and. A lot of guys in the NFL or, or, the, or the American guys think that you know the CFL is this, but this is a tough game to play, and 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 really you need to you need to adapt to it, and and it's not easy for guys to come down here from whatever their rap sheet is, wherever they came from, just coming in and, and make plays and start right away. And I don't see Johnny Menzel doing that. So for him to have to him for him to have such a uh, an opportunity and and just to put on because of all the negativity that he's bringing in, I just I just feel like it's uh, it's disrespectful, and I feel bad. I feel bad for Masoli, and I hope that. He he plays amazing. Other than next week against us, but I feel like he plays amazing and uh, and he 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 just shuts everyone up about this whole this whole controversy. I get that. I mean, obviously there there's a lot of attention, and, and as you mentioned, you understand why the attention is on him, good and bad, and what it, what it can do for the league. And I'm glad you brought up I'm glad you brought up Jeremiah Masoli because he's a guy who who like you said is has put in his dues, has has worked his way up, and 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 you've met him before. This you might not meet a more relaxed, laid back, good guy than Jeremiah Masoli. And I mean, from what we saw Friday night against a good and solid Edmonton team, maybe maybe we'll ease off a little bit. But here's the problem with that. It's really tough for him because they have a tough schedule. I mean, you talk about schedules. He needs to come in and prove himself again because the moment he falters, he knows that Johnny, Man- you know, people are going to be calling for Johnny Manziel. And Johnny Manziel did not come to the CFL to hold a clipboard. Let's be very clear. This is a guy who was drafted in the first round of the NFL. Would you imagine a team, would you imagine the Winnipeg Blue Bombers bringing in Johnny Manziel? No, I don't. I don't imagine, or I can never picture that. I just think that the way we're built and how our locker room is, where it's definitely, it's definitely self, self-managed and self-controlled, and and Osh, Osh definitely relays off that. I mean, ultimately, it's Cal Walters' decision and Wade Miller's decision, but I think that a lot of what goes on in our locker room and how we are as as a whole really, really defines what what goes on with the decisions. I would say, anyway. So, I mean, for. For a guy like that, I don't. I don't think he'd fit in. I don't. I don't think that he brings anything to to us. I don't think that we have. I don't think we have 
um, a need for a guy like that to, to to sell tickets to to get to get people in the stands, you know, to, to sell jerseys. I mean, I think we have, we got something bigger than that going on. Um, we don't need to, to to bring a distraction like that to. To, to the organization. We've already seen it a little bit in, in pieces. I mean, we saw, I think, Enoch Muamba did a late hit on him. I, I think Jamal Westerman shoved him on the sidelines in that same game. There's obviously an emphasis to get to this guy. Do you feel that? I mean, you were at CFL Week. Does, does Johnny Manziel come up amongst you, and are you surprised to see guys go after him the way that you wouldn't otherwise see go after a starting quarterback. You know what's funny actually? Well, now you think now that you, now you say that, I think about CFL week and when you're around the the upper echelon, the top players in the league, no one's talking about him because we don't care. We don't care about some kid that's coming in who hasn't played a snap yet. Because ultimately we, everyone knows how how hard it is to play this game, and doesn't matter where you come from and how how many games you played and how high you got drafted, and care about what you do on the field and how you get how you how you pay your dues. I mean, there's there's so much negativity and there's so much distraction around all this stuff that doesn't matter. What matters is paying your dues, winning football games, and and being being a contributing, being consistent, being consistently co- contributing to to your team and to uh, to this league. I don't remember even a conversation about it at CFL Week or being around all those guys. We realized we realized that the, that the hard work and, and you know what it, what it takes to get into here. So and we won't end it on Johnny Menzel, but we will end it on this. Okay, I want to know what Andrew Harris's top fantasy team, and, I, and I'm, I'm sure you you probably don't know what the lineups are, but it's one quarterback, two running backs two receivers, one flex, one defense. And and let's just get this out of the way. Okay. I understand you're going to probably put a bunch of bombers there, and, and it is what it is. You know, there's a lot of talented players I'll be there. completely unbiased. Okay, all right. There, there we go. There we go. Explain to me what the flex is, though. What's the so flex? the flex is every any player but a quarterback. So you can pick a running back, another another like receiver. An point getter. Another point getter, exactly. So another skilled player, but you can't pick another quarterback. So what's Andrew Harris's optimal fantasy lineup? Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna start my defense. I'm gonna pick. Uh, I'm gonna pick Calgary's defense only because I respect them. They're always tough to go against. What's it about their defense? I, they're they're just a defense that doesn't. They bend but don't break. It's a, it's a tough defense to put. Sounds up. like one I'm familiar with. What's that? Yeah, it's. I mean, it's. Uh, it's. It's a defense that you know. It's tough to put up 30 points against. You know, it's. It's tough to put up 20 points against. You know, it's. Uh, they don't let up a lot of big plays, and that's. That's the biggest thing. I mean, they're. You know, you'll. you'll they'll build a chip away at them, but it's. There's not a. They're not a big play defense where. Um, you know, I think. I think there's. There's other defenses that you know the big plays happen on. So I'm gonna go with them. My two receivers. Um, I'd go with. Uh, again, being completely un- unbiased, I, I like Manny Arsenal. And uh, who else do I like? Rogers from Calgary as well. Eric Rogers. Yeah, I think he's I think he's an explosive player. Uh, running back, obviously, I'm going with myself. And uh, if I could pick another guy, honestly, I I, I think Terrell Sutton's a very very capable back, but I just don't feel like he gets used as as well as he should be. Uh, I How's he getting the lanes that you're getting? What's that? Well, it's not not even that. I just don't think he gets enough opportunities. I mean, like. Again, you're you're losing a football. You're losing football games. You don't. You're not gonna run the ball as much, right? So. Uh, so Taz, he's out. Yeah, Sutton's out. Sutton's out. I mean, uh, I guess I, I guess I'm gonna go with. Oh man, that's tough. So many good guys. Powell in, in Ottawa, man, had a great game, and he's he's got another gear. Yes. Yeah. Actually, you know, I'll go. I'll go with Powell. He's a guy that can catch the ball well, and you know, he's in a great offense and. I'd always, I'd always try to balance the East and West thing because I, I feel I try to have a guy from from one one side of the other, even though I pick two West receivers. But you know, actually, you know, making I'm, the rules I'm, up on the fly. Anyway. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna take off. I'm gonna take off uh, Rogers. I'm gonna put in uh, Deontay Spencer. 
Yeah, I like Deontay Spencer. So I got my little, my little small little uh, quick guy, and I got a big power receiver uh, quarterback right now. Because I, just, we're not talking about cash value. I'm gonna pick Strebler because you know. Well, I think we should. I mean, we're not considering that. it, but I yeah, think it's yeah. something to consider. I mean, yeah. I mean, if 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 he if he's, would you say he was six thousand? He went from three thousand to six thousand. So we went from and three thousand. He's at fourteen fourteen thousand. So in comparison, yes, he's six thousand oh. at his peak. I imagine he'll probably go up next week, but I doubt he'll. I doubt he'll hit yeah, much yeah. more than nine. I'm picking Strebler for sure then. And then my flex guy, I'll probably take a guy like uh, like a Chris Rainey. Yeah, I mean, even even like even even Darwin, because Dar- Darwin can go and explode in games. I just a guy a guy who can go off any any point in time, like and not like some, sometimes you know Darwin will have a, a slower game because we don't go at him as much, but he'll have a game where he'll get 200 yards on Nor, you know, I mean, like and that's the thing, like he's got the capability, but they just don't they're no, they don't get the opportunities as much as they should, right? So I think I think a guy like Chris Rainey's in that same boat where you know he doesn't get the ball as much as they maybe should, but when he does. You know, he has the opportunity to go off. And does that, does that, does that count special teams too? or They are added on. So there is oh, a premium wow. to that. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah, being yeah. said. You you, I'm, going, I'm going to Chris Rainey. I'm going uh, uh, I'm going Deontay Spencer probably as a flex guy then because he gets return yards too. And then, you know, I maybe pick another bigger bigger receiver. But uh, what, would, what would your name be if you had a username just uh, on the ring of things? Uh, Harrison Andrews. Something like that, 33 or 66. Or Very original. A mixture of Harris, Andrew, and 33. So just just so you can disguise yourself from there the public. Go. There you go. All right. Well, we'll leave it at that. That is the end of the first episode of the handoff. Ton of fun. This was a great opportunity. Really do appreciate it and your insight. And, and uh, you know, we haven't nailed down what days or how often we're going to do it, but we're going to do it again. And, again, I appreciate uh, the time that you've given us. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a lot of fun. And, uh, I mean, it was good kind of digging into some touchy subjects and talking about the guys that I ultimately I love I love the guys we go to war with and I mean uh, we have we have such a great league and it's it's been a blessing to play you know as long as I've played here and uh, and enjoying it and, and having an opportunity like this is is awesome so appreciate it Jeff.